Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And the subject for today's episode is David's Charge to Solomon. In the first chapter of the book of 1 Kings, we find David, who was the second king of Israel, approaching death. For approximately 40 years he had reigned over a part or all of Israel, and now the time of his departure was drawing near. Solomon, David's son by Bathsheba, had already been named by David as the successor to his throne. It had not been generally announced yet, but the promise had been made. As we turn to 1 Kings chapter 1, we're going to look at the first six verses to see the shape David was in, and also to notice something that took place right at that time. The passage says, Now King David was old, advanced in age, and they covered him with clothes, but he could not keep warm. So his servant said to him, Let them seek a young virgin for my lord the king, and let her attend the king and become his nurse, and let her lie in your bosom that my lord the king may keep warm. So they searched for a beautiful girl throughout all the territory of Israel, and found Abishag the Shumanite, and brought her to the king. And the girl was very beautiful, and she became the king's nurse and served him, but the king did not cohabit with her. Now Adonijah the son of Haggath exalted himself, saying, I will be king. So he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen with fifty men to run before him. And his father had never crossed him at any time by asking, Why have you done so? And he was also a very handsome man, and he was born after Absalom. Now, I mention this for a couple of reasons. First, the actions of Adonijah, David's son by Haggith, prompted David to officially appoint Solomon as king. And also, just as a little sideline, it shows us what effect the lack of parental discipline can have on the character of the child. You may have noted the statement in the reading concerning Adonijah in verse 6. It said, And his father had never crossed him at any time by asking, Why have you done so? In other words, as Adonijah was growing up, his father David never questioned or rebuked him for anything he may have done that was wrong. David had never asked him, Why did you do that? Now, as a young adult, Adonijah was about to usurp a position that he knew did not belong to him because he went about procuring the kingship in a dishonest and sneaky way. Adonijah is not really the subject of this particular episode. However, David learned of his actions by the mouth of Nathan the prophet and Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Look with me at 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 24 through 30. The passage says, Then Nathan said, My lord the king, have you said Adonijah shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne? 
For he has gone down today and has sacrificed oxen and fatlings and sheep in abundance and has invited all the king's sons and the commanders over the army and Abiathar the priest. And behold, they are eating and drinking before him and say, Long live King Adonijah. But me, even your servant, and Zadok the priest and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada and your servant Solomon, he has not invited has this thing been done by my lord the king, and you have not shown to your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Then David answered and said, Call Bathsheba to me. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king vowed and said, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from all distress, surely as I vowed to you by the Lord God of Israel, saying, your son Solomon shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place. I will indeed do so to this day. Now I have said all of that to get to the charge that David gave to Solomon his son as David was about to die. It is a most solemn charge, and I cannot think of a more appropriate exhortation to give to those who would be Christians than what David charged Solomon with. Turn to 1 Kings 2 and look at verses 1 through 3 with me if you follow along in your Bibles. The passage says, As David's time to die drew near, he charged Solomon his son, saying, I am going the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances and his testimonies, according to what is written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn. Now this was much more significant than mere words of advice that David was giving to his son. It was a charge. He was telling him of his responsibility to do these things in order to ensure his success. And basically, the responsibilities with which David charged his son Solomon constitute the same charge with the same responsibilities that those who would be Christians have every single day. Let's examine the charge. First of all, David said to Solomon, Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. That certainly brings to mind Paul's charge to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13, when he told those brethren to be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. When a baby is born, it is such a weak, helpless little creature. He or she possesses the ability to let us know when something is wrong, but does not possess the ability to really do anything about it. Yet as the years go by, little by little, the child grows stronger, better able to do things for itself, even reaching the point where he or she is capable of making decisions. With the proper nourishment and in care, if all goes well with no unexpected occurrences, eventually that child will grow to be an adult, strong and capable of functioning as such. It is not much different for a Christian. When we become a child of God, we are not mature at that point spiritually and morally. That is why the Bible refers to a newborn Christian as a babe. As time goes on, we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Actually, 
2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-8 through 8 gives us somewhat of a description of that process of growth. Peter wrote, Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence, in your faith supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge self-control, and in your self-control perseverance, and in your perseverance godliness, and in your godliness brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through this process, we get to the point where we can be strong, where we can acquit ourselves as spiritual adults, having the spiritual strength and knowledge to do so. When David told Solomon to be strong and to show himself a man, it was with the understanding that he possessed the ability to do so. He had received the proper nourishment and care. He had matured sufficiently to enable him to carry out the charge. With all children, we cannot expect them to act as adults until they are capable of doing so. No one wants to remain a child forever. We all want to grow and mature so that we can function as adults, so that we can show ourselves to be men, so to speak. I've often wondered then why in the spiritual realm, the most important realm of all, so many are content to remain babes. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, the Hebrew writer both rebuked and exhorted the Hebrew Christians to whom he was writing with these words. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. If you have not matured in the faith as you should, and you know if you have or you haven't, then make the steps necessary to grow to maturity as a child of God. You can do it. The next part of David's charge to Solomon was, and keep the charge of the Lord your God. We're not exempt from that today. There are many responsibilities that have been placed upon us by the Lord. Let's consider briefly several of them now. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, Paul wrote, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. It's the same charge Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, when he said, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Have you ever been in a completely dark room only to have someone strike a match? What happens when that match ignites? Every eye in the room turns to it. Why? because it stands out. It illuminates the darkness. It draws attention to itself in a good way. Let's conduct ourselves in such a way that we will be light in a decidedly dark world. 
Moving over to 2 Timothy, we'll notice a few charges Paul gave to the young evangelist and by extension to each of us. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Paul wrote, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. Personally, I like the King James translation of that verse better, as it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. My friends, when was the last time you picked up a Bible just to study it, just to know God's word better and to be able to handle it more accurately? If that is not a regular occurrence in your life, what possible better thing could you determine to do beginning this very day to make it a daily, regular occurrence to open God's word and study therefrom. Move on over to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Paul wrote, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Not all Christians are able to preach the word in the sense of giving themselves full-time or even part-time to that endeavor. However, all Christians can have a hand in seeing to it that others can be supported by preaching the gospel financially. Yes, but just as importantly with prayers and encouragement. Also, every Christian can do exactly what the early Christians did when they were forced to flee from their homes in Jerusalem because of persecution. Acts chapter 8 and verse 4 tells us, Therefore those who have been scattered went about preaching the word. Every one of us can try to the best of our ability to teach those that we come in contact with. If you haven't been doing much of that lately, start doing it now. Going back to 1 Kings 2, notice the third thing that David charged Solomon. Walk in his ways. How very often we need to be reminded to walk in the ways of God. Remember how Jeremiah pleaded with the children of Israel and how they responded in Jeremiah 6, verse 16. He wrote, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the ways and seek and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. Going all the way back to Adam and Eve, it just seems that men are determined to walk in their own ways, and that's all there is to it. Jeremiah also wrote in Jeremiah 10 and verse 23 a lesson that man just doesn't seem to be willing or able to learn. He wrote, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in man who walks to direct his steps. The Old Testament writers pleaded with men to walk in the ways of the Lord. The New Testament writers do the same thing. Paul exhorted the Ephesian brethren to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. In Galatians 5 verse 16, Paul wrote, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. It appears that sometimes even brethren, perhaps because of the constant pull of the world, find it hard to walk in the ways of the Lord. But walking in the way of the Lord is the only way that has as its final destination heaven. Do you remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount recorded in Matthew chapter 7, 
verses 13 and 14. Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and many are those who enter by it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. Let's go back to 1 Kings 2 to see the last charge of David to Solomon. He charged him to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies. For Solomon, those statutes, commandments, ordinances, and testimonies were to be found in the law of Moses. For us today, they are found in the gospel of Christ, the law of faith, the perfect law of liberty. The things written by the New Testament writers under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit are just as binding upon you and me as the writing of Moses were upon Solomon. Our responsibility is to search out God's word, reading it and studying it so that we might understand what our duty is and understanding it, doing it. But you know what? David didn't just list a number of things for Solomon to do. He also told him what the end result of his doing these things would be. In 1 Kings 2, 3, he said that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn. That reminds me so very much of what David wrote in Psalm 37, verse 25, the words with which I want to end this episode today. David wrote, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. Follow the charge that we have as Christians. Thanks for listening.